and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With winter's arrival and dark evenings in good supply, this is the perfect time to gain your favourite gardening podcast fix. To help you through the spring, Saul and myself will keep you entertained and informed with podcasts on wide-ranging topics such as winter pruning, propagation and planting. Plus, we'll provide regular updates on important industry developments, along with lively discussions on all manner of horticultural topics. We'll aim to bring you two short 20-minute episodes a week, along with a longer bonus interview with a key green-fingered peer every month. As ever, if you have suggestions for episodes that you'd like to hear, please just tap us up on our respective Twitter accounts at Gardening Saul and at Head Gardener LC. We'd be delighted if you'd join us on this journey as we step inside the busy and exciting world of the modern Head Gardener. Hello, Mr Walker. It's very nice to see you. We've both been at our gardens today. I've been walking around, doing my usual, making a jobs list. Lists. In pen. Do you know what, though? You'll be quite proud of me because I didn't just... Stop at pen and paper. I actually typed it up. Oh, you're going onto the computer very tentatively. Yeah, but I'm in Word. I'm not in Excel yet. I can't step that far. I can't do the spreadsheet. I can't bring myself to because it would just make you far too smug. So <laughs> I'm afraid it's in a Word document. But, you know, I thought you'd be quite chuffed to hear that news. It's only one step away, a spreadsheet. Just got to yeah, exactly. copy and paste it just over. Just a matter of time. Yeah. I've just got to swallow my pride. That's all it is. So. <laughs> yep. Well, I've been at Stonelands for yeah for the week. It started off as winter this week, and it slowly morphed into back to autumn. And now today felt yep. like I was in spring. So much so, I noticed Aww. some tulips coming up actually in our meadow. Gosh, really? Uh, not flowers yeah. yet, just a single leaf. But that's very early. Right. I think they're a bit been tricked in by this weather. So that makes me a bit yeah. twitchy because our tulip meadow at mm. the moment needs another cut to get it down to a suitable height. So that because at the minute we've left it quite high. Um, about eight inches and it needs to go down to probably about three or so because otherwise when the bulbs do start flowering in the spring you can't see them so the fact that you've already got the the tulips flowering because we have narcissi and all sorts of other things in ours as well which would obviously be earlier than the tulips so we need to get our mower out don't we? well the only reason i noticed them is because we were mowing the meadow you know trying giving right. it a winter cut and i suddenly looked out as i was mowing and i saw all these spade-like leaves thought that looks nothing like grass i better go and check them out and all the tulip bulbs leaves were up i i, I couldn't see any flower bulbs so i don't know whether these are very early leaves uh and, oh, okay. and they'll put Maybe. on some more we'll have to see but um yeah it's been it's yeah we've gone back to about 10 11 degrees at night so yeah, we're not quite the same in in Essex. I mean, we're we're definitely mild for Essex. We're maybe like sort of eight, nine, something like that, which is is yeah, is is not for what you'd expect being expecting in December. No, not mid December. And I checked my mm. my weather forecast this week on my phone. I thought I just see what's going to go on, and literally every day for the next eight days on the trot, it's rain clouds. So um, yeah, layers and waterproofs and neoprene boots is still the name of the game. Good old Gore-Tex will get us through. Oh, that is what winter's about, though, to be fair, isn't it? You know, this is what we expect. Just got to crack, crack on and get on with the it. The good thing about the temperatures is that there is lots we can still get on with. I must say, I'm still on the borders. Mm-hmm. I'm still just about able to get the tractor onto the lawns, which is, which is great because there's so many more jobs we can do with the tractor behind us. We don't have to wheelbarrow things. 100 200 meters down the garden so that's always good and uh but we're, we're going to mow the lawn next week uh the lawn's Are still you? growing needs still another cut strong. like uh, we said in our podcast a few uh episodes back 
if the Lord, yeah. if it's if it's growing, it needs mowing. It needs mowing. <laughs> you remembered. <laughs> you remembered. So one of the jobs that um I was I was just showing uh, our our team today how to how to complete because it's a little bit uh, tricky, but it, it got us thinking about tonight's podcast mm. topic because we we keep banging on about the fact that actually in winter we are still very busy and Lots. i tell you what we we really are yeah. and that is um something that's going to be demonstrated tonight as we as we carry on talking but our two grapevines in our big lean to greenhouse in the kitchen garden so we've got uh muscat of alexandria and black hamburg they have been badly hit by mealybug and scale insect right. and they're actually two pests that are quite tricky to control in the summer months because you can only use organic sprays in that sense because the fruits in the summer are obviously there, present on the plant, and you can't use anything too potent because you might then actually get some kind of chemical inside the grapes or, or covered all over the grape bunches themselves, and you don't want anyone to be eating that. So um, we're only limited to, as I say, the organic sprays to control the scale and the mealybug in the summer. And to be fair, and I think most people would admit, those sprays can be, they've got low persistence and they, they, they don't hit too hard. You have to be repeat, um, you have to repeat, repeatedly apply these sprays. And um, even then they, they don't really knock things on the head as much as you would like. So in the summer, to be fair, the mealy bug and the scale insect did run away from us a bit and it was disheartening, uh, but I knew that in the winter we could do something more significant about it and that's what we're doing right at the moment. I was showing Jade the Apprentice how to scrape the bark off the yeah. grapevines. Right. And what that does, so things like the scale insect and the mealybug will be overwintering under loose flaky bark um, along the main stems but also around the spurs. So I was showing her how you can actually get a, a, a quite a sharp knife and scrape that loose flaky bark off without going into the pith of the vine you still want to stay in the kind of coppery colored bark you don't want to go into the green whatsoever but if you get all that loose flaky bark off it will do something to dent the population of the pest quite significantly much more than the summer controls we have at, um, at our um, fingertips can will do and then also we also sterilize the greenhouse later on in the season say in january february time before we get all the the seedlings in and the, and the seed sowing started up so as we sterilize we use um, a, a Jay's solution that we spray all over the surfaces of the greenhouse and all the staging. That inevitably will fall on the vine and that will also do some kind of surface sterilisation of the vine. So it's it's doing various things to control the pest. And that's what we were talking about. There are In winter, it actually is a key time to break the life cycle of quite a lot of pests and diseases in the garden. So we thought we'd discuss quite a few of those tonight because there are... Uh, a, a fair few pests that can be thwarted yeah. in the winter months and this is the only time you can do things because pests are dormant and diseases are dormant and so you can hit them whilst they're off their guard yeah and and, and there's smaller populations in the winter as well mm. um so it's a lot easier to control them and generally most of them are stationary they've gone in hibernation so they're in nooks and crannies and in places that you can go and find them very easily and deal with yes. them whereas in the summer generally you have a population explosion that's what does the damage so there are a lot more of them to control 
and they're quite mobile. They're moving around all the place. So you might kill mm. them off in what uh, in one section, but they've actually moved to somewhere else. And then when you turn your back for 10 seconds, they'll move back and another population explosion. So things like mm. your green fly, your mealybug, as you've already said, um, uh, and some other uh, pests are actually going indoors. So your greenhouse, which is where your grapevine is, is the ideal yeah. place to clean because actually a lot of the pests are traveling inside or or are overwintering internally maybe in nooks and crannies in the walls and then you can you can identify them and get rid of them a lot easier before they come out in spring nibble all your plants and then you get another population explosion because most people you know uh again this comes to the fact that everyone thinks nothing's going on in winter most people deal with their pests in spring and summer when they see them, when they see them yeah. and when or, or generally after they've done the damage you know they're, they're already mm. blighting your crops or damaging your roses or, or whatever it is but actually you're at a disadvantage at that point exactly yeah. getting hold of them in the winter and, and mm. trying to control the population then is is a lot easier and a lot wiser um use of time because you only yeah. have to do a small amount to keep the area clean. Yeah. So red spider mite, as you say, you mentioned that will overwinter in nooks and crannies in the greenhouse, but you can get smokes that will actually then um, penetrate all those areas within the greenhouse. You, you you often need to get the plants out first, but that's easily done, If you've, especially if you've got somewhere else you can put them temporarily. Um, that will knock red spider mite on the head we have white fly on our pelagoniums oh my god it's the bane of my life and i do find it completely difficult to eradicate haven't managed to eradicate it 100 percent from all areas of the garden yet there are some plants our cousins had it for quite a few years they're clean now which is great but the pelagoniums still have it but we can go through there and we can actually physically go through and, and remove um large populations squashing them between finger and thumb actually if you go there first thing in the morning when it's cool they're not very agile and they literally you pull peel the leaf back and under there might be a dozen white fly you can just get your thumb squash them mm. yes it's laborious but it will as you say over time because they're not breeding they're not being very active it's your it's a much more effective use for your time than if you were trying to do that in the spring or the summer when they're breeding like crazy yeah going back to your vines scale is a common thing for vines but also wisteria Mm. and um they're quite easy to identify because um unlike the 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 scale you may find on your houseplants say the scale that you'll find on vines and wisteria are actually quite large they're almost like very small limpet like creatures that they're very large scale uh, a sort of shell it's not well, it's not quite a shell but it's like a scale over the top of the actual insect and during the winter they're not breeding so what happens with scale is generally the their young don't have the scale so they tend to hide underneath the parents for a bit mm. before they develop their hard shell and then they go out and sort of you know cover the plant but in winter they've got they've not got that so actually getting on top of it then means there's there's less insects there to do and it's really easy because all the leaves have gone obviously on the wisteria and the vine so again really easy to go through and identify where the scale is and the good thing about scale is that you can just literally just pop it with your thumb it's very satisfying um (laughs) it's it's a bit it's it's a bit gross because you know it's like it's like popping a spot in some ways. Ugh. Oh, Do you no. know what I mean? Come on now. Yeah. I've just eaten my tea. Oh, sorry. You know, <laughs> but um, it's really oh, easy to, to get on top of the scale. And it's a job I quite like doing because um, it's quite zen. You're going up and down the stems yeah. of the wisteria or the vine and just cleaning them off and looking and looking for the pests. I, I quite enjoy doing it. 
And doing it now is so much easier than trying to control it in summer, like we said. I think these jobs are quite cathartic because, as you say, sometimes you've got to be, to be, to be quite systematic because you're being thorough. You're going over the plants quite um, evenly, making sure you don't miss anything out because that is the secret to knocking these populations on their head. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I get you. I'm not quite sure about your analogy with what you just referenced, but they are quite soothing jobs and satisfying. One thing that's, that's we could just to step aside from greenhouses for the moment, something that we do, um, I've, I've actually completed this maybe a couple of weeks ago, is grease banding our fruit trees. Right. So we, we've got some orchards trees, so freestanding trees where they're not leaning up against a wall or a fence. Uh, they're just um, the classic sugar bowl shape. And you can grease band around the stem, maybe about um, 40, 50 centimetres above soil level. And you can get this, um, it's kind of called a, uh, it's literally called fruit tree grease. And you can smear it on the, the bark of the trees. And that will control winter moth. And again, this is something that if you did this in the summer, you've missed the boat. You need to get it done now. And um, what will happen is in the very early spring, in the in the, the mild weather in, say, January, February, the winter moth females will crawl up the stem of the apple into the canopy and lay eggs around the flower clusters. And then as the eggs hatch, caterpillars go and cause a lot of leaf damage and it can be quite destructive. So there's various winter moth species, but... The thing that they all have in common, which is why this method works so well, is that the, all the females are wingless. They can't fly, so they right. have to crawl up yes. the trunk. So if you put the grease band in place, you thwart the advances of the, the winter moth. So so that's, again, something that can be done now. Have you, um, oh, what other things do you think would be worth tackling at this time of year? Do you know, I, I was just thinking about green fly, because what you're describing there with the grease bands is knowing the life cycle of the pest mm. and things like aphids and green fly also have um a distinct life cycle between winter and summer in in summer you'll mostly find them on things like fabaceae and uh, so uh, lupin aphid is a classic you, you those are lupins yeah. but actually during the winter they're not hosting on lupins they actually have usually a different host which they use in winter. And that can be anything from a, uh, some plants in, inside the greenhouses to sometimes trees. So actually you'll find the green, green fly on something like a sycamore or uh, an ash and they're overwintering on a certain other host that gives them protection. So actually knowing the life cycle of your pest like you do with your, with, with your moth is essential mm. to knowing at what point in their life cycle to intervene and actually make the most impact. And again, this generally does happen in winter because you can find the insects uh, more carefully. Now, I, yeah. I, I was thinking of something other, uh, something other than insects is also your bacterial and your fungal diseases, which, uh, again, uh, really show themselves up in the spring and the summer, but actually a lot easier, again, to control in winter. And that's generally through really good hygiene. So things yeah. like your black spots on your roses or other fungal diseases um, are a lot easier to control, control if you take away how they're overwintering and that generally is the spores in the soil so a uh, getting rid of all that uh, infected leaf litter to remove all the the spore creating uh, disease or 
one thing we're very keen on on this podcast is mulching. Oh, yes. If you get out <laughs> and you mulch your borders, another really good reason to be mulching your borders while the temperatures are good and the soil temperatures up is you're going to seal in all of those spores and those uh, bacterial diseases in the soil and they're not going to mm. be able to get up into the plant in the spring and lots of them actually get up into the plant by water droplets when it rains and the water droplets spray everywhere that's how they get back up into the plant and by having them sealed away in the mulch that obviously protects them from heavy rains and stops it spreading up into the plant another thing that because i'm a real keen veg grower uh, this is something that i i take an opportunity to do and it's controversial because it's not very trendy at the moment but it's digging the soil over because a good frost will actually kill off an awful lot of soil-borne pests. Now, soil-borne pests, our armoury for controlling them these days is very, very limited. We used to have insecticides that we could use. Obviously, they are actually very harmful to the environment, so now they've been taken off very rightly. Biocontrols can be applied, but they're expensive and they need reapplication. Digging over just to expose things like carrot root fly, cabbage root fly, grubs, wireworms, that kind of thing, it either allows birds that are hungry in the winter to forage and destroy them or a frost will penetrate and physically kill them so that's a a reason to dig these days it's a really good time in winter to actually go and take get rid of all that sort of diseased material and it's the same with uh, pruning out any diseased material really great time to do that yeah 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 so for example in our orchard we will go through and look at the apples and the pears and we will prune out any cankerous exactly. growth that we see um we would leave the stone fruits they get bacterial canker we'd leave those till the summer months but the apples and pears both get cankerous growths which are very obvious and very gnarly if you want to see what it looks like just google image it and you'll get loads of good examples of that uh, they need to be cut out otherwise they will spread and also things like coral spot which you yeah. get on lots of ornamentals uh, there's there's lots of trees that will get that and again it's very distinct like a sort of a buff pink little pustule sorry we're going back to spots again a pustule <laughs> that's the technical term though isn't hey. it of, um, of, of, of this this fungal growth so that can be cut out as well into healthy wood and obviously make, make sure you clean your secateurs after um so yeah there's a, as i say diseases that can be distinctly cut out or um overwintering material removed just talking about the you said about the aphids and uh, having different hosts loads and loads of fruit aphids uh, will migrate onto lots of different herbaceous Mm. or other woody plants uh, in the summer and then they'll come back to the fruit trees uh, and they'll overwinter his eggs in nooks and crannies again around the bark and um, we used to be able to recommend uh, tar oil washes didn't we to dissolve and destroy the eggs now now we can't recommend those they've been taken off the market so but there are still winter fruit tree washes that are available that will dent the population of if not eradicate the the aphids eggs on various fruit trees and bushes so things like current blister aphid you know if you've got currants and they get that classic distorted red growth in the spring on the new foliage then they are suffering from blister aphid but you can kill the eggs off now by applying a, a winter wash so so yeah like i say it's a really good opportunity to do that yeah and this time of year in some cases is the actually only time that you might see evidence of a pathogen on a plant and i'm thinking mostly of the fungal problems so things like um mm. beefsteak funguses honey fungus yeah. is a major one but you'll only first way you'll know that it's 
a plant's being affected is seeing the fruiting bodies. And that only happens between autumn and, and early winter. So you, this yeah. will be the only time that you'll be able to see those things. So it's it's worth going out now, actually, to go and search. If you've got any big trees or any trees at all, it's worth going out and seeing if you can see any of these fungal bodies and just either making a note of them or just seeing if they're affecting the plant in any way. If you see any fissures developing or any uh, or any weak areas or any rots happening, you know, this is a really good time of year, firstly to spot them, but also to sort sort them out as well. You know, it, it's generally a good time of year to do that. Um, talking about fungus that you can see, I am just very quickly going to add about the fungus that you can't see at this time of year. That at, if, if we didn't take action at the hall to control this fungus, our peaches and nectarines would be completely oh, yes. yeah. wiped out. Wiped out, and I'm talking about peach leaf curl, yeah, which I could say also affects nectarines. But it, it it would, in theory, um, affect apricots. But it doesn't. Apricots seem to have a natural resistance to it, so apricots don't tend to get damaged. But yes, almonds, peaches, nectarines. If you get that very classic, blistered, uh, pink, distorted leaves in the early spring when they're just emerging, so we're talking about maybe, depending on where you are, late March, early April, that time of year. Um, that is peach leaf curl what you can do you can break the the life cycle again this is this is it's so intrinsic cycle, to yeah. the success here is understanding the life cycle so there's yeah the spores of um peach leaf curl fungus it's tofina deformans isn't it is the latin name love that one it uh requires moisture on the in, the buds and the the leaves emerging from those buds in spring for the spores to germinate if the moisture is not there it can't germinate and the leaves unfurl completely completely free of the disease so what you do any time from january through till it would need to be in place till at least april you cover the trees up with um plastic sheeting or some kind of sheeting to keep them dry or if you've got dwarf peaches in pots you can move them into a greenhouse to keep them dry um, obviously this is much easier with fan train plants because they are naturally much more easy to cover but keeping them dry will stop peach leaf curl in its tracks from, as I say, you've got to cover them from January through to April. So if you want to get on top of all your problems for spring and summer, now is a real worth time to get to know, firstly, the life cycles of your worst pests and disease, but also which point in the life cycle to intervene to do the best bang for your buck. That concludes today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Winter is a natural time in the gardening calendar for reflection, adjustment and musing over new plans for warmer seasons ahead. So Lucy and I hope to inspire and educate with our thoughts. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the very best personalities our industry has to offer. We aim to dispel the myth that gardens, and therefore gardeners, slumber in winter. We promise that in this profession, nothing could be further from the truth. As two enthusiastic and passionate head gardeners, winter is a busy season in our calendar. So let us help you keep one step ahead in this most marvellous and rewarding of careers. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.